Welcome to Music Matters Podcast with Daryl Craig Harris, talking about all things music with celebrities, artists, music business insiders, and more. Hi guys, welcome to Music Matters, a podcast about all things music. Um, today we have country music singer, songwriter, um, independent artist, Troy Bullock. Um, Troy's had hits on the Billboard charts. Um, he has a really interesting story family-wise and also how the music business in Nashville works. Um, he's open for artists such as Kenny Chesney, Alan Jackson, Vince Gale, many others. Um, how you doing, Troy? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm 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 so I'm hearing so many good things about what you're doing, and I'm really excited to to get to talk to you and not just learn, you know, what I'm doing as an artist and where I've been, but to kind of see the. I'm interested in the road you're on too. So I mean, if you want to interject on things cool. you're doing and stuff, I'm. I'm not a hard stop on. It's all about me. I want to learn about you too. So. <laughs> well, that's all. Yeah. You know what? That, that's the thing. Cause it's um, people think of it as an interview. It's really not an interview. It's more like a conversation. It is. Yeah. Um, and, um, and we have a mutual friend, Tony Sella, who's an amazing um, singer, keeper, keyboard player. I know he plays with you on, on dates too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, he's done some big openers with me and stuff. So he's, he's, a, and he's so much fun. Yeah. And he's, killer i actually first met i i met tony at the pioneer saloon which is one of the properties that i work with and uh oh okay but but he's how we connected just to explain and uh and so where are you now you're up in elko nevada i think right no actually i moved from elko up to rural washington state oh okay um so besides being an artist i also run a construction company uh my own construction company is something i it's more of a passion for me than a job you know so right uh during the, it actually has saved me during this whole covid you know thing being able to just clear my mind out in the cold and build stuff and it's it's a passion of mine it's always been i'm a master carpenter i uh wow i've uh i've been building things my entire life so it's something that i really like to do um but yeah yeah, I moved up to rural Washington probably two years ago after uh, working in the gold mines in um, Elko, Nevada, which was Barrick, Barrick, Nevada now, or Nevada okay. gold mines now. But I was in coal for a long, long time. That was my... Your family like, was too, right? Yeah, like my mother's side uh, there. I mean, I am literally a a, a third generation coal miner. My dad was wow. a coal miner. And uh, so, yeah, I have a huge family background in either either building it or digging it, you know? Yeah. So. Hard, hardworking, <laughs> hardworking uh, people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like true blue America. Like if you, if you were to, you know, go out in the middle of nowhere and, you know, be wondering what's to your left, what's to your right, it's people like me, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's really where my music comes from too, is being. That kind of probably you know, helped your, your work ethic too. Right. Uh, Cause you, I mean, we're going to talk about how you got to Nashville, but you, your story is really interesting. Like, a lot of it's just persistence and perseverance and it's sort it of the is. musician story, but I think you had your background kind of played a part in that. You think? Yeah, absolutely. And it's like my dad's worth work ethic, especially when he was around my age was just, he's an amazing guy. He's an, he, mm. he, and, and really instilled in me that, you know, if you want something, you, it's never going to be laid in your lap. That's not what America's about. America's about being nothing and making something out of nothing, you know, starting out with a shoelace and then ending up building an empire, you know? Yeah. And so that was, even as a small kid, that's exactly what my dad, both my parents, you know, were like that. So yeah, yeah that's, that's exactly, you're, you're, you're on the, you hit the nail on the head there, you know, with the, 
you know, with the work ethic, because the music business is, it doesn't suffer fools. It'll chew you up and spit you out. And yeah. you'll, if you, it, you make it by coming back to get chewed up again, you know, it never stops, you know? Right. So. How did you get into music originally? I know you started really young, right? I did. Yeah. I started playing uh, guitar at the age of eight, but even before that I was messing around with piano and I just started playing it. I never had lessons. I never, and mm. I, I never have taken a music lesson of any kind. I just, it's, it's like, like when they say you look like a duck in water, you know, <laughs> it's something that I just kind of always, my parents were astounded. They actually kind of thought I was autistic, you know, because I just, I, I would just, I, I would sit alone. I didn't have to have friends. I had very few toys yeah. and stuff like that. And I just found ways to entertain myself. So uh, it, it's just one of those things that I've always just done, you know? Uh, yeah. It's sort um, of a, a calling, I guess you could say, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like anybody else would be called to, you know, like some people are called to work on computers or, mm-hmm. or preach or whatever. It was, it's just kind of my, my calling. And, and, and my, my parents did nurture that. My dad was a guitar player. Uh, he doesn't play much anymore, but uh, it kind of just, kind of, you know, springboarded me into wanting to do it. And then when I've, when I started learning how to do it and actually kind of getting to the point where, you know, it was, it was starting to make sense for me. It started to kind of come out that I might have a, a talent for it, you know, because yeah. you, you watch kids and it's really strange how, um, uh, some, some, you know, a, a talent will emerge out of just something they're, they're just fiddling with, you know, right. and it is a passion. It's always been a passion. It's something I feel in my soul. And I, that's my biggest advice to anybody out there is if, if you're not 110%, I'm telling you, you'll be on your knees one day and they'll be repoing your truck. And then the next day you yeah. have a record deal. And, and all of a sudden, what the hell happened? There was a time I had, you know, I had my first single on billboard where for six months it was a whirlwind and I had no idea which way was up. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Cause I kind of came, well, yeah, that, that's, an, I mean, that's an interesting story. How did you, I mean, obviously you were probably doing gigs before you ever, got to Nashville yes. I would assume right um, oh, yeah. what what made you really want to go to Nashville and, and try that whole because I mean that's a whole different world from what you kind of grew up in right yeah, yeah it's a it's a for for me Nashville I mean I, you know if we go back just a little further than that I mean I was in the military yeah you were in the Air Force correct yeah I was the Air yeah. Force and and so the big city thing didn't really shock me I've been all over the place you know but what mm-hmm really shocked me about Nashville was just the, it was more the history of that town for me. It just, yeah. every, you've seen places where, you know, Tootsie's Patsy Klein's played that stage and you've seen it in her movie or, you know what I mean? Just these, these Ernest Tubbs record shop or these places where Johnny Cash would play at midnight. And, sure. and uh, I think just the, the shock of, you know, the superheroes that you make in your mind, because we have, we all have our influences and we have our, you know, our, where we take a little, we're still ourselves, but we take just a little because we don't want to lose that part of us that, you know, became, is becoming what it is, but we don't want, but we also don't, we're never going to be totally a hundred percent original. Anybody that says that is just like, they're out of their mind. Yeah. And then you're, you're also trying to navigate the music world there, which is, which is, has its own structure and it's kind of its own thing. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and no, no place screams that more than Nashville. I mean, maybe Texas, 
you know, Texas, but uh, mm -hmm. nothing really screams out like Nashville does. You've got, you know, from lawyers who are playing guitar, trying to make it, who know the right. law inside and out that might not have the talent, but they know the law. They're helping people yep. have the talent and don't know. And, the have, law. and have friends and connections. And yeah. 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 And you've got, you know, Belmont obviously down there where people are going to school for it. And, and uh, I didn't have the privilege of any of that. You know, I grew up kind of, kind of dirt floor poor, you know, I all, when before I went to Nashville, I was building houses, you know, mm -hmm. and I just packed all my tools up in a Ford Ranger and I just went. One day, I yeah. just the housing market was about to collapse. I knew everything was going to start shutting down. And I said, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go do it now. And yeah, at least, you know, at least you had the, I mean, the great thing is you had the construction skill, like, you know, you're going right. to be able to survive, right? You can do that, do that anywhere. That's a huge advantage going into a place like Nashville, where, I mean, there's people playing on Broadway in these clubs for tips, right? Yeah. And I did, I did a lot of that. When I first went to Nashville, I started kind of doing the songwriter circuit. I had 350 songs that I, that wow. I had written prior to going to Nashville. And I said, yeah. okay, I, I'm a, I'm a numbers guy one of these 350 has to be able to do something and somebody has to like it all you need is the first one right it does once the first one kind of you, you get some attention with it then you kind of lay okay well what do i think might maybe the second one i'll be in and you yeah. just it doesn't matter who's willing to listen play to them because you have no idea who you're playing to and i was packing what used to be cadillac ranch down on broadway Mm. I was playing there every night of the week. I still wow. believe I hold the record on Broadway. I played Cadillac Ranch because they had cancellations for 10 hours. Wow. And Crazy. never got off that stage. And it was something <laughs> that was just like most yeah. people. But you're, but you're like, people, you're, you're, I mean, I know you're a big, um, like you said, like Patsy Klein, those guys are the, the, the roots country people mm -hmm. that really set the tone. I know you're a big fan for that. So you're in a way, even though you're working hard, you're doing all those, all those days, all those hours. You're also like, I'm, I'm where I want to be. Right. I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Like, and even when you get here, you're not there. And that was the hardest part. I think getting smacked in the teeth with when mm -hmm. I moved there was, yeah, I'm here. And then you're just a little fish in a big pond still. You, sure. know? you, you might have taken over your region or, you know, been well known at clubs that you're playing, but you get out of Nashville and you're at square one. Everything right. you've done prior to that really doesn't matter. Yeah, and except that, I mean, with you, where, where it does matter is that because you have the catalog of songs, yeah. that body of work. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's a powerful place to be. And also you had experience playing and and yeah, that experience, which is, which is, you know, I think people, you can see the people that have that and the people that don't when they're on stage, yeah. you know. It, and it's true. And and I was the kind of guy that I went in and I was humble. And I believe that's important because you, you want to walk softly and carry a big stick. And I learned right. that very, very early in life that I don't want to voice uh who I am or what I do. And I never do, even in a new group of people that may have never even heard of me. Hmm. I, I never go in, I'm a country singer, slam my shit in their face. You know, I'm right. right. Kind of yeah. That. Yeah. Cause you want to, I mean, I tell people that, you know, from a business standpoint, you know, it's, I mean, making connections. Okay, fine. We all get that, but it's really about right. building long-term relationships because that's where it you're is. actually going. That's, that's really the gold, right? It is. It's, I think, I think underneath what the business might be, or what it's perceived to be 
it's not in who you know, really. It's more about who knows you. I know George Strait all day, <laughs> but he doesn't know me. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that's the perception that people go, they go, okay, well, I'm going to drop this name in this conversation and somebody will go, but it doesn't work yeah. like that. Especially when people, and people, and people are wise yeah. to that. The people that are oh, in the God. industry, they, they know that game. <laughs> oh, they, not only they know it, half of them wrote it, like half of them yeah. wrote the rules to it. And <laughs> so for me, it was like, I was like, okay, I'm Troy Bullock. I'm a nobody. I have never done anything in my life. I am going into this with, the perception that I'm never going to attain it, but yeah. deep in my soul, I'm going to go after it. And by doing that, I made huge connections because they notice somebody that is a little more humble, yeah. a little more wants it, a little more, I, I don't want to say like willing to grovel, but I want to say willing to grovel. Okay. You're yeah, but you were, you came from a, a really good work ethic. I think people, yeah. you know, hardworking people, they recognize that in others. They see the people that have actually earned it. They've done the work. I mean, that, yeah. I think that that's, they pick up on that, don't you think? Yeah, I think they pick up on it. And especially like the more of the royalty, because you've got this golden circle in Nashville that it doesn't matter who you are, what you do, who you're hanging out with now, and what they're doing for you. There is a ring there that if you're not really, you know, connected to somebody of somebody mm -hmm. that can kind of push you into that circle. So they, so they said, I do have an interesting story about that, but I, yeah. I'll, I'll keep that brief. But um, <laughs> okay. so they said, you know, you can't do anything outside of this ring. Well, mm. I, I'm, I, I proved, I disproved that theory. Yeah. And that brings us to your, your story. So tell us, tell us the story. Um, your, your kind of breakout single was country go around, I think. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but tell me that story. Like, how did that happen for you? Just that, that process. Well, I, before, before country go around, which was fully self uh, funded and, right. and completely self-released under my own label that I created okay. What was the name of the label? Uh, label was uh, MMR Records. Okay. Um, and that that particularly, I mean, I closed it because I went on to forming a different type of label, and I I do operate that now. Okay. But um, before Country Go Around, there was a single. It was called "So You Lie," and I wrote it with a guy named Brad Marley at a Fluffo mattress shop. Believe it or not, <laughs> and, and he was selling mattresses, and I was selling songs. Like I was sure I was there to sell songs. This guy was like, I'd never written with him before, and we wrote this just pointedly angry, said all the wrong things, beautifully written tune, and I was playing it all over Nashville, and it was just okay. killing it. It was like I couldn't burn enough copies of this disc to keep awesome. up with how, how much I was selling a week, you know? And, and uh, so I think in like generating that tune and like starting to figure out that's kind of where country go round came from. It was more okay. of a, well, at least the release of it, but I wrote that working in a coal mine. I literally was working wow. in a coal mine and I kept having this like crazy recurring dream and the video is as best as I could film the dream that I kept having. And yeah. And the video is actually, that's awesome. And it's available on, um, on YouTube still, right? Yeah. 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 You can watch it on YouTube. And what's crazy about it is, is that 
Yeah, I may not have. I, it may not have come off exactly like it, but it's more of a thinking man's video because it, it's not the same typical. Let's sit in blue jean cutoffs and drink right. moonshine by a, a a creek. Okay, it's not that kind of crap. <laughs> it's more of a. This is America. This is what working hardworking people making what it we do. do something. Yeah, yeah, and and it used to be, you would if you were that person. You know, you would sing about that. Now it's to sing about whatever you're told to sing about. And yeah, and that's sort of, I mean, the Nashville thing is interesting because, I mean, a lot of people are, I guess, at this point familiar with that sort of deal. But mm-hmm. a lot of the artists that are known as artists actually don't write their own songs. And actually, yeah. that's probably really a majority, right? Yeah, I, I would say 90, 90%, maybe 80 to 90% don't. But I yeah. mean, you've got the big ones that do, like Alan's written a ton of yeah, his Alan stuff. Jackson, Garth. Vince Gill yeah. writes a ton of his stuff. Him and him and Amy Grant. Amy Grant is an amazing, amazing artist. Uh, mm-hmm. Always looked up to those two. Vince is probably like one of the best, like sweet spot guitar players here ever gonna see in your life he just has that thing you know that yeah he has that lyrical thing yeah yeah. john john mayer john mayer in the pop world has that same thing it's like right yeah you you hear those guys i mean yeah you hear those guys play you're like oh my god it's like a it's a different thing you know yeah yeah and what what really i guess what really with country go around was i was like okay i'm hearing and feeling this Mm -hmm. and i'm not going to compromise that for a market tested cookie cutter kind of feel to my music that everybody goes, okay, well, you have to do it this way. This is the formula right now. And I'm like, right. I'm like the kind of guy that looks at the formula, you know, and rips it in half, pulls out a new piece of paper and writes a new formula. Yeah, Because there's still, I mean, you know, um, I know you sing about like Waylon and those kind of guys and like, there's still big love for that. There's a lot of love for Johnny Cash, like the roots of country music Mm -hmm. has a huge fan base. And I mean, I know country, they've, you know, the labels, of course, they've tried to grow and grow into more of the pop country market, right. um, which is, I mean, it is what it is. It's fine. But, but yeah, I think there's still like that, that there's a, we all have that sort of magic of Patsy Cline. He said, playing right. at these clubs on Broadway. And it's like, <laughs> there's something so romantic and, and kind of it cool is, about it's that. Like, and it's not even what I found out through my travels is not even like Hollywood eyes. Okay. This is a, this is. These are real things that really happen. And these are real yeah. people that oh, Loretta talking. Lynn and those kind yeah. of folks, so, I'll yeah. never, it doesn't even matter if I play music till I'm a hundred and a half, 55 million number ones, you'll never feel, fill the shoes of at yeah. least from my, my perspective, the ones that pave the road, you'll never yeah. fill their boots, you know, yeah. and, but it's, I think that the tr- sort of paying tribute to them, like with, with how you're writing, with um some of the like i know i know you're friends with travis tritt and some other some really well trace atkins those guys and like they i know that they have a huge love for that also the, the, oh, the roots of country yeah and what i think is crazy is is that you're seeing this kind of underground it's on un, it's very underground right now but you're seeing kind of the bro country get kind of phased out a little bit like to where it's almost like you hear the same song like every song. yeah it ends up being sort of the same song just with a different face and a different name <laughs> yeah it's, i mean honestly like <laughs> not, not the bag not the bag on those guys because no not bagging like at too, all but, because yeah. i mean obviously they're where they're at and i totally respect that yeah. Um, and but if you do a mashup of that, really, they're kind of doing themselves a disservice because you just you really after a while, you know, it's like the eye when you look at a wall, it kind of does this wave thing. And if right. something's kind of out of the ordinary, it stops looking. 
yeah. you know, and so it just kind of all blends into the background. Yeah. Yeah. It's like almost like this. I don't, I don't even hear it anymore. Like it'll be on the radio and I'll like, I'll, I'll be working or something or doing something yeah. and 20 minutes have gone by and I haven't heard a single thing, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, because so, you, you listen to the old, the old Haggard stuff. And I mean, I, my dad was from Arkansas. I grew up actually listening to really traditional, you know, Cash and Tammy Wynette and all that oh stuff. Oh my gosh. So we're in common and, ground here. That's yeah, great. yeah, yeah. And, and I, and I, you know, it's funny because that's not, people don't know me as that, but like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm like redneck from way back. <laughs> <laughs> and, that is uh, so cool dude i would yeah, yeah. not not to like i'm not bagging here but i would have never guessed that i would have never said yeah. that, you know that, yeah. but no but so i, I cool and i loved that. like charlie pride all the, all those guys i i you know that's what i grew up on and and that's still there's still magic to that i mean even you listen back to now and, and like when loretta's singing and or patsy's singing like you believe what they're saying even even 60 70 or 60 years later i should say or 50 years later you still believe what they what they sang about (laughs) kind of to to tie back to that point i mean you know the eye staying on the wall it's he's kind of like this and then something interrupts it and finally it just stops looking they made you look right you didn't have a choice but to hear patsy's voice on create at the beginning (sighs) of crazy like what is that wow and it'll stop you in your tracks. You'll be at the very first moment you ever heard that song. And you are just as melted by that vocal because yeah. she had a way of making herself different in yeah. everything that she did. She had a verifiable sound, but I think that she took that sound and she manipulated it in a way as in every piece was its own kind of thing, you know? Yeah, like, and every song was a little jewel. And of course she was working with some of the best at that in that era the best songwriters the best producers those yeah. records well, those records are, are totally on par with the sinatra or with all these other guys oh, that wow. were in the sort of in the pop world at that at that at juncture that time, what's crazy is most people don't know is that willie nelson wrote that song right yeah crazy. crazy sure yeah and when she got it she was like i'm not recording that like what yeah. nuts and the producer she was using, I can't remember what his name, his name escapes me right now. I know who it is, but uh, right. uh, I believe she was at that time working with bands like or, uh, artists like Cowboy Copas and, and these, yeah. uh, who actually died in the, the same uh, plane wreck with her. But her, oh. her husband, everything was like, no, take it and make it you. And that is where yeah. that movie literally slapped me in the face where they said, no, you're hearing this, but make it you. Right. Which is, I mean, that's, that's sort of the essence of being an artist, right? I mean, like, okay, fine. Okay, fine. You didn't write your own song, but, but Mm -hmm. make that song something personal for you. For you. Like, yeah, people like Whitney. And I mean, Willie's great about that too, because you literally hear Willie sing two words and you know it's him. (laughs) And that that is, yeah. And that's such a, I mean, for a lot of reasons, because obviously his writing um, but also too, he just, that's such a rare thing. I, I people yeah. will say, you know, people will bag on certain, uh, um, artists or pop artists or country, whatever. I'm like, but you know what, as soon as they start singing, you know, it's them. And that's yeah. a rare gift, right? And Waylon had, Waylon had that. Merle had that. Um, yeah. George Strait has that. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know. I do too. And you can't, I don't think that you, without your own identity. Okay. Yeah. You okay. So somebody will get up on a stage and they'll, Oh, wow. He sounds just like Conway Twitty. You know how many times I've heard that in my career? Oh, wow. He sounds just like Johnny Cash. I finally heard one day, I finally heard, God, you sound like that Troy Bullock guy. (laughs) And I was like, are you kidding me right now? Like, did he even know me? And I'm just out singing, you know, whatever, just, 
you sound like that Troy Bullock guy. Well, by the way, here's my ID. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's funny. But it was kind of a full circle thing for me, you know, because I've yeah. always been the, I've been the go against the grain guy. Everybody else has got mm-hmm. poppy rappy stuff in their stuff. And I, I, I refuse to do it because it's not me. It's not. Yeah. It's not that I, I did. You know, I was just saying, I was checking out your music class tonight. And uh, what I really like about it, I mean, obviously the, I mean, the production is really first class. Um, and I, and I know that you have a, a new record that you released, I think it was in 2019, correct? Yeah. Um, but I, I, yeah, I really just dug the whole, the whole thing. And I, I think that that, you know, you can sort of, you hear the quality and not only the production, but just what you're singing and, and the, the words and the whole vibe. Tell me, going about the country go around, tell me, um, cause I, I know you mentioned you had uh, like 350 songs. Um, so you, you did that pretty much on your own or were you working with a label to get that out or how, how does that so work? I did, a kind of, a uh, split with. Uh, an investor who is another uh, producer okay. and I, I myself and uh, Brett Hansen did, uh, did the entire production on that at uh, audio arts in Las Vegas. Cause he's a great guy and he's got no, a great studio. Did you do a, did you do a whole record or did you just do it as a single? How did, how did that happen? Yeah, I did. I did country go around and released it. And then there ended up being, kind of a I, I don't want to say a fallout but more of a more of a restructuring of myself as an artist after I released that and had a top 100 with it actually I think we moved into the top 60 with that without uh I had an 80 plus percent. As, as an independent yeah. right as an independent yeah and which uh, is amazing which was very 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 they, they were actually quite surprised when I would walk into a radio station and they wouldn't even, the, the people who judge who gets a slot, you got to get judged and you got to pay for it. So it's like, okay, yeah. so. You know, <laughs> that's a whole other, that's a whole other story we'll talk about. It's, it's like, so yeah. I'd go in and they'd be like, sing. And okay, so I'd just start singing and they would just add it. I had an 80 plus percent conversion rate on terrestrial radio in the United States. And that is wow unheard of. And yeah, as far as an independent just, artist, it doesn't happen really. Yeah, right? like I was, I, I was when when those numbers came back and the actual i i uh when i did the release i did it through uh nine north records out of right. um national tennessee with larry Paregas. Okay. and uh larry is well known he he pushed the disc dixie chicks um mm-hmm. and a, a host of other huge artists tracy lawrence right um, and uh when we got those numbers back he kind of just looked at me he's like he's like dude you you've got a massive conversion rate he, he said, we got to keep, we gotta explain, keep going. explain to, to people that don't know, explain what that is. So you rate. go in the every, we have to stop at thousands of radio stations and right, you're doing the radio, the radio, radio tour and you come in with your guitar and yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and it's a sales meeting. Okay. Make no mistake. You are either going right. to make the cut or they are going to boot you out in the snow. You're, you're trying to, and you're trying to cut through all the other noise of all the other <laughs> new artists and shake some hands and yeah. shake some hands and, and take them to lunch, take them to yeah. dinner. You've got to go out and schmooze, <laughs> schmooze yeah. for a laugh. And that's just part of, and that's just a reality part of the, part of the business, right? You got to make them laugh. And if you, if you don't know how to do that, you've got to wow them with bullshit. I mean, that's obviously, yeah. and that's the, that is cut and dry with radio. You're looking at a game that many will play. Yeah thousands and thousands if not millions will lose and yeah 
it was a very, very difficult time in my life because I, I had never done it. I didn't understand it until it, I was caught up in a world one where everything was just going crazy. And yeah, because you didn't, yeah, because you didn't go the traditional route. You didn't right. really have, you, did you have a publicist or were you doing it all on your own? No, I, pu- I publicized myself. I, yeah. I got the team together myself. So you're the one too, you're taking the phone calls, you're setting the appointments. It's like, a, a, I mean, and that's Larry, such a, that is such a huge, I, mean, I worked with actually, I worked with Miley. I worked with JLo doing production oh, okay. and like, there's a, obviously there's a huge team of folks that handle yeah. all that stuff. So they can be artists, right? But when you're doing yeah, that on your own, you're, you're actually learning, which is yeah. amazing, but yeah. it's like, it can be like overwhelming, right? <laughs> it was at times it was more like you were carrying, you know, you were, you were a, a, a 200 pound dude carrying 50 tons of weight. And yeah. And it's like exciting. It's all happening. But at the same yeah. time, you're like, oh. you're like, I can't carry this. <laughs> like, <laughs> sure. I'm going to lift this for a second, but yeah. I can't carry it, you know? And right. I think the craziest thing about the whole world when that radio was, was just the amount. I mean, it's town to town to town to town. And it's Larry handled, like the appointments and the schedule and got me in the door. But awesome. he basically told me, he said, look, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you some tough love. He says, I'm going to open the door. You've, you've given me the budget to do that. But once you're in there, bro, you're on your own. Yeah. Like, you gotta, you gotta make it work, right? You're either going to sink or you're going to swim. And yeah, I, we had that relationship from the get go. As a matter of fact, I had an investor coming in that me and Larry were going to merge our labels, but that fell through a big meeting with that completely fell through. And that was another disheartening thing about that whole, the whole radio thing was that I had pushed to the point where it's like, okay, I'm going to meld with a, a, a virtual major Nashville label. Right. And there I am. I'm on the board. I can release records. I'm in the spot, you know? Yeah. So you're way beyond just being an artist. Yeah. Yeah. So I was getting the business aspect of this. And a lot of people skip that. I'm telling you, do your homework on that stuff because it is, it, it's a lot of jargon and a lot of, a lot of putting up with, you know, late nights or reading, but it will save your life i'm telling right. you because i mean the thing is too is like i mean we've all heard those stories about these guys signing these deals they give away their publishing their songwriting royalties <sighs> i mean and that's yeah. that's the money right otherwise what you find out and i we both know those people we met them yeah. where basically you end up being 60 years old you cannot get off the road because that's your only source of, of income mm-hmm. and you gave away all of your publishing so you do, you get zero mailbox money from royalties right. which is <laughs> yeah. which is where it's at you know so for a lot of the, uh, I would think the the money. I mean, obviously, figuring out who that goes to and what it is yeah. is 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 the something that the bean counters do. Even though we're well versed in who's what and how it works, uh, right. BMI handles a lot of that, and a lot of that is something that people really. That's, have that's to all realize. based on the, that's all based on your initial contract terms, right? Yeah, and, if, and you're, if, you're, if you're not getting money, if you're not in yeah. there, and if you're not in the game, then then it doesn't matter. And I can't tell you how many times I've been tried to be forced into even by some of the bigger labels or bigger independents, a 360 deal. And I never took right. it because explain, the amount- what, explain what that is for people that don't know. So a 360 deal is kind of it's it's a amount amount of albums mm-hmm. and you're going to get an amount of money up front and you have got to fulfill the amount of albums that you have contracted to make. Even if they go, okay, well, you're our competition and we're going to shelve you. 
like right. you you're still, still responsible have to make the records and you're not making any dough i mean it can be a real bad it's situation. essentially like old-time mafia <laughs> oh it's so bad it's dick right? i mean that's kind of what it is so, yeah you know but i and and you know not to make anybody scared of it i mean there's a way that there's a way to get in and there's a way to get you know stuff done and do and do your thing but it's a right. uh, let me tell you, it's a long, long walk to Nashville and there yeah. ain't no ride. Okay. Yeah. I promise you there's no ride. You're going to get there. You're going to sweat. You're going to bleed. You're going to cry and you're going to, you're going to break down. And it's, it's meant to, that machine is meant to break you down. And right. for me, I was just one of those guys that was like, man, I'm not going to, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm I mean, gonna, you know, the thing, the thing is, I mean, that's, I always tell musicians the best way to be. I, I mean, I do a bunch of different things. I do, I'm a musician, uh, photographer. I do a bunch of different things. But the reason, part of the reason why in the mid 90s, actually, for me, I looked around, I was playing with Frankie Avalon at the time. We were, oh, we were wow. busy, um, you know, doing that kind of thing. But um, I just looked around and I said, you know, I want to be able to say no. And that's so important. <laughs> you want to, yes. like, even with the, with the label thing, like you want to be in a position where you can say, that's not a good deal. And as a person, I cannot sign that deal, but you need to be able to walk away and give yeah. yourself the opportunity, right? To be able to do that. So having stuff like construction, mining, your background enables you to do that. Right? Yeah. And I, and, and you, what you just said, what you just touched on is probably one of the most important things I think I've even heard another business person say is yeah. that you've got to know when to walk and yeah. And when and that's true. That's not only true in music, but that's true in life, in life. business, all yeah. sorts, right? Yeah. Some of us had to learn that on the fly because it's not right. all it's not all like roses and and fluffy clouds and stuff. It's a uh, it's dog eat dog. There's lots of money involved. So wherever there's lots of money, you're gonna yeah. find some unscrupulous folks. And I'll tell you, if the more you know about business, the less people can take advantage of you because you know right. they're full of crap. You know, yeah. so that was an important thing for me was to say, you know, I'm not just going to be this guy that said, you know, oh, I'll go wave my hat and wave to the people. You know, I'm going to be the kind of guy that's in control of what I'm doing. And that has been the biggest yeah. thing. Yeah, I might not have, have got forced into a huge limelight like some people have, but. But you've been I mean, you've been successful and you've done it yes. on your own terms, and which I, is that, sort of all that, you could really ask for. right? Yeah, that's at the end of the day, is it, did they strip you of your identity and now you yeah. have to be what you're told to be? Or can I walk out on the street tomorrow, yeah. be me and be, and I'm so proud of that fact. And I, I, I will never, ever hold that back and I'll never, ever, ever downplay that. I am so proud of the fact that I went out kind of the David and Goliath uh, mm -hmm. approach to go, yeah. okay, well, it, if it's a game, it has rules. And if it's a game, it can be won. And, and yeah. in my mind, and I feel as if I have, I have won, I, I won mm -hmm. something, you know, yeah, you mean? got out what you got out with your, your dignity intact. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I yeah. didn't have to surrender anything. I own all the rights to my stuff. I, I own, operate my own label. I print my own albums. I make my yeah. own merchandise. I do my own tours. I do, you know what I mean? So uh, it's, uh, it's one I of think, those and that seems to be like now, I mean, not to cut you off, but that seems to be now oh, like sort of the new, 
the new norm, right? Because with social media, a lot of people can get around even having to be with a label and, and the label deal is not what it used to be. It used no. to be, here's your, here's your 300, 400 grand to do the record and you get your advance. And they're like, that's mm-hmm. gone. That, that yeah. I don't think that really exists anymore. No, it does. And it, it, the labels used to own studios. Okay. So what, what really perturbed me, I think about the whole thing is that everything just, I don't know how labels even make money anymore because hmm. I think it's just the actual like, hordes of numbers that they do but right. everything is all done outside of house now yeah you know and, yeah, and you have guys all, i mean there's tons of guys in nashville that have their home studio set up right and they just do everything at home and they do and yeah. and then what they do is they take those tracks and they say okay i can get an advance you know to go do this or that but i could just do it at home and turn the turn in the tracks that's all yeah. they said okay? right and they got yeah do it and do it and don't 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 cost us a lot of money yeah exactly <laughs> right. and and i think what the uh, growing is not only an artist and and a guy that does the business side i grew mm-hmm. as a producer and somebody who right could hear things that that i wanted and and be able to get that out of i had on this record Brent Mason, come yep. on, dude. like yeah, legendary awesome. Nashville guitar player, <laughs> yeah. pound for a pound, like the greatest guitar player to ever live. And yeah. then uh, Brandon Conway, I had him on uh, Steel for a lot. Mm-hmm. I think nine of the t- tracks. And uh, I mean, there was just so many good guys. I had Vern's Steel yeah, guitar you have, player. You have guys from uh, Dwight Yoakam's band, also. Yeah, that you yeah. With. I had Mitch yeah. Marine. I had a ton of different guys, and uh, these guys are like. They go in, they record, they're done. And that is, right. they cost, a, and some of them, if they like you, they give you a good deal. Like, oh, yeah. I want to play on that. That sounds like fun, you know? And, yeah, because they still, I mean, those guys, even, I mean, yeah, they make, they make their money, but they still want to enjoy what they do, right? <laughs> That's yeah. important, yeah. Yeah, and I also had, I had a guy uh, who's a, like a, he's a fusion jazz player. His name is Mike Newton. He's been my live drummer for, gosh, five, six years now. And mm-hmm. Uh, it just, he, he's the kind of guy that he, 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 he does not, uh, take, he, he doesn't leave anything on the field. He wants to yeah. explore an Avenue and do it before we go in the studio so that we know exactly what we're doing. And I love that. I'm the kind of guy that'll sit there and I'll beat a horse to death until I feel like I'm getting out of my head onto Yeah, because sometimes it takes, it takes a while to, I mean, that's the advantage of, uh, the other advantage about not being in a big studio is you, it gives you more freedom where you can really take your time and develop ideas. Whereas if you're sitting at, you know, RCA, you're sitting at Capitol Records where it's, you know, a lot of money per day, you're Ugh. like, the pressure is on, right? <laughs> Yeah, and I, I mean, for this record, I recorded in Oceanway, Nashville, for some which of is it. a world class. Yeah. Oh, it's just, and they are, they're not cheap, and yeah. you know, using like I had a guy named Alan Parker on that country go round cut. There was two other cuts done there that didn't make the record. I think I did fifteen cuts total, but okay. I wanted to push myself down because I'm a an independent guy. I mean, I don't have the I don't have a team of songwriters, you know, letting me change and the, you know what I mean? I have a, I have to go in, I have to have an idea and I have to finish it. And so in not having that, you know, I'm, I I have to, I I really have to have something going. And I said, 
I don't want to do the 13 song record that's going away. Nashville has done with that. Yeah. It's years. actually now it's, it's sort of people are selling singles, right? I mean, that's, that's well, the, I, sort of the yeah. Apple to or Six Apple iTunes. Keys, that's what's big right now. And, yeah. and the reason is, is they're like, okay, I can put the same price tag on half the songs. Okay. Boom. Done. Right. And that's one of the way that the music industry will always save itself is that they're going, okay, well, we got to come up with a new way to deliver this, you know? Or, right. Yeah. They got to reinvent themselves. Yeah, and I did eight songs. I was like, okay, I won't go six. I won't go 10. So let's go eight. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, maybe that'll catch on, you know? I mean, be an original guy, have an original thought. And when I did it, it was like the entire record told a story and I left it. I left it. And and I let it fly. And when I got to redo Stan Jones and the Death Valley Rangers, Ghost Riders in the Sky, when I got (laughs) to cut that and put it on this record, it was probably one of the most proudest moments of my life because obviously johnny head i mean i'm a huge cash head yeah and, uh, uh i mean uh, uh, as well as like the burl ives come on now marty robbins yeah. everybody yeah, I, like I love Rob- marty robbins that's uh so so uh, good <laughs> i got him on vinyl and i'll never i'll never go to anything i won't listen to cds with marty robbins on it because i gotta yeah. have that hiss you know my parents hiss. had the old the old console stereo with the, two, oh, the yeah. big old freaking huge thing and, i mean <laughs> listening to like charlie pride on that i mean listen to, yeah, to cash yeah uh, my mom my mom had a huge i mean she had a huge singles uh library of all the 50 stuff so i grew up listening to that like yeah. that there's nothing better than that right that, that whole nothing. war like <laughs> you know, it's so it's, it's that it's that analog feel we've lost exactly digital they got a lot of guys that are going because i went digital analog and then back to digital because i wanted to at least have that warm feel to it but did you get a chance to listen to that ghost riders in the sky cut yeah i did yeah yeah. what did you think it's kind of a different take like more of a yeah i think it's awesome like i like i I mean everything that i I mean i went through it's all on your website where people can sample the tracks yeah and um and we're going to talk about how we can that we can get them to find that. But okay. um, yeah, I like, I mean, the thing is like, again, for me, like I love the traditional root stuff and um, I'm just such a fan of that. And I think that you, you capture that perfectly and, and you're oh, being authentic. You so you're not trying to copy somebody, but you're being authentic to who you are, Yeah. Um, which is, which is hard. Right. Because like you mm-hmm. said, everybody's like trying to get you to sell out. Hey, you should try this. You should try yeah. it like this guy. And mm-hmm. it's like finding your own voice and being confident in your own shoes takes a lot of time to, to kind of develop that it does and i think i think that that's probably another big point of of advice that i think that we should talk about especially the guys that have done something to kind of pro- propel themselves into a new a new kind of arena you know yeah. with it is don't underdevelop that let it come out let it be let find who you are find that that essence inside you where your soul just starts buzzing because you feel what you're yeah. doing and there's no you're other really, you're really connecting to your to your your sort of your truth which is sounds yeah. goofy but it's actually true it really is it's so true and it's like when you're singing the right song that you feel like you wrote it the best way that you could and it's your voice and it's what you hear that is the essence of truth yeah. to me in yeah. this whole it's just a scrambled up mess of whatever anymore and i and don't, don't you think like guys like george Strait that that's what they're known for like you you oh, when no. he's singing yeah. you you believe him you believe exactly what he's saying yeah and you will not leave until you do believe him because yeah. it's it's going to happen if you listen long enough eventually you're going to believe and yeah you'll, so you'll get it yeah. but hell i mean 98 percent of people who do listen they believe immediately which is yeah. you know it's that it's that you know five percent or so 
that yeah, are, it's sort of finding that crack. finding that um, authentic, authenticity, which is mm-hmm. hard to say. And they'll call you out. <laughs> they will. Yeah. They'll they'll flat out call you out. You know, for oh well, that sounds like this or that sounds like that or that. You know, mm-hmm. you need to go back to the drawing board. Don't let that like deter you. But uh, may, maybe maybe that was just an opinion. You know, maybe uh, yeah. you're like, oh, I sold. I had a hundred people there and I sold sixty records. Okay, that's sixty percent of people that dug what you were doing maybe which, which is awesome yeah. it was just <laughs> like okay i would take 60 percent any day of the week you know what i mean exactly like, yeah those, those are pretty 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 good odds yeah right so the odds are good and when you're talking about finally like you know when you get somebody who adds you to uh a spotify list where mm-hmm. you know you're getting big plays and you're you're learning to syndicate. Now, Spotify is a great lesson in syndication. Why play to one radio station when yeah. you can get Bobby Bones or somebody to love you and play mm-hmm. it to 2,100 stations? You know, that's and that's, and that's really, really, I mean, hit, and that's know? sort of like the new thing, right? That's how that works. And I, I, I mean, mm-hmm. for me, like I, I, I talk to people, I'll talk to artists and that kind of thing. And they'll be like, yeah, I'm not really into social media. And I'm like, well, you know, it doesn't matter if you're into it because it's rolling and you, you either get on the bus. Yeah. You get on the bus or you don't. Right. And I mean, it's been good knowing you. Like I wouldn't. And I mean, I, and I, I totally get like guys that folks that are really, you know, traditionalists and in the music business, especially country, there's a lot of people that are traditionalists and they want to do it the way they're going to do it. But I mean, the thing is that that's just how things work these days. And also, like you said, you can go to Spotify, people start adding you to their list and then they're doing the work for you, right? They're helping you, which is. Yeah, they're. They're, they're putting themselves up on the line for people who follow them and, and expect good content. And right. you are really putting your name and, and kind of right next to somebody that's branding themselves as you can trust me, listen to yeah. this song, you're going to love it, you can trust me. And that is where I think most people really need to be looking is I'm about to do a huge Spotify thing, like it's going to be this massive million million plays a a week kind of thing right Mm -hmm. but it took me forever to get to the people that do that and i yeah i had no like i'm such and there is there is when it comes to this stuff sometimes dude yeah and there is and kind of you're talking about sort of the inner circle Mm -hmm. there is the inner circle of those formats of people that are are the people you want to get to yeah the gatekeeper kind of like it used to be the gatekeeper at the desk the secretary saying no your stuff's junk and just throw it in the garbage right in front of you now it's now it's these people who have control of millions of listeners that trust them. And, you know, it, they found a way to do it and it's great. Okay. For them, it's great, yeah. but you have to be able to break through the noise. And the only way to do that is with somebody walking somebody through your track, explaining how brilliant they think it is or <laughs> hell in today's day and age, somebody can even go, man, this track sucks. And then you'll yeah. have 30 or 40 people listen to it going, what well, kind of liked it? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, that's actually, there's a lot of truth in exactly that, because the thing is, um, like when, you know, you talk about viral videos or songs that are hits on the internet and that kind of thing, people, mm-hmm. the public decides. I yeah. mean, your goal, your goal as an artist is just to get it out there so people can actually hear it. But the public is going to decide, I like it. I don't like it. Whatever. Right. You don't, don't have control care. over that. I don't care if you're God's gift to the c chord you are <laughs> yeah. gonna have haters 
Right. Haters are going to hate. They hate you because you're in front of them. They hate everything. They right. hate it that we're having this conversation right now. But exactly. you know what you got to be? You got to be bigger. You got to be, let it roll off you. Why? Because those haters later on are going to go, oh, well, they made it. Uh, or I knew I knew that guy when he was just starting out. Yeah, they're gonna be the braggers. <laughs> they're like, oh, I hated on that guy, but now it's like, whoa, I didn't even listen to this track. Like, okay, oh yeah, right. Like, we get it. You hate everything in life. But well, I think the thing is, yeah, you just got to keep rolling. Yeah, dude, don't let people who go, oh, this sucks. You know what you need to do? Like every time t- somebody told me that, wow, you're terrible. Okay, like awful. There's people who are gonna listen to your your podcast and go, why is this guy on here? And that is just the nature of the beast. Okay. But you're going to have your percentage that go, Oh, you know, I might go download that. That wasn't, that was nice. I don't like country music. Okay. But I can identify how many people have walked up to me and went, I never listened to country music because it's this, 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 or that. You Mm -hmm. weren't that. I enjoyed that. Okay. So those are the people I want to hang out with. Yeah. And the thing is, I mean, like, um, again, like the people decide and, 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 you know, like there's people that, that, you know, don't like Garth Brooks, but they like all the people that influenced him. I mean, Garth Brooks loved him. Yeah. And he loved, I mean, he grew up listening to Kiss. He grew up to, I actually talked to Garth. I I did the Billboard Awards with Garth way back when, when in the nineties, when he was smoking hot and we talked, he, he was a very nice guy. He's talking to all of us. I was doing production at the MGM as a sound guy and he's just chatting. He goes, yeah, he goes, I used to actually climb climb the lighting rigs on my shows i used to help set up he goes but the insurance company wouldn't insure us anymore he goes but i, I like working and i because this is who i used to listen to and i'm like he's just a regular guy i mean yeah. you may or may not like his music but him as a person the good guy you know yeah <laughs> so. yeah and not only that it's like you got to see people for like okay so music and the production and this and that's all smoke and mirrors for entertainment value okay we know right. that you and i guys that have been backstage and hung out with and talked to and performed with or for major major acts we know what the real deal is with it you yeah. know what i mean and it's not what that's not what the public often thinks no, it is. Yeah. it's not it's not it's like it's it's even less than what it's even less than what we think you know what i mean yeah. it's like it's like it's one of those things where it's like it's it's a it's it felt like god every time i've opened for a major like a big major like when who's, I who's some of the, I, I kind of mentioned at the beginning, but who, tell us some of the people that you've opened with and, and maybe yeah, some of your I, favorite ones. When I opened for Kenny, it was on a, it was an oops, like an act had somebody got sick or something and they couldn't do it. My de facto manager at the time said, boom, I'm going to, I'm going to try and get you into this. Yeah. And then uh, a guy named Mike Poole was managing him at the time was his road manager. Hmm. That guy ended up like, I want to say 14 or 15 years later becoming my manager. Oh, wow. Awesome. What? Like, right. Yeah. Like we, I was, he, he says, dude, you look so familiar. And people outside the country music world that don't know Kenny Chesley. I mean, he's, he's, it's, it doesn't huge. get bigger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like Him and Garth and those guys. Yeah. That was, my band was barfing and it was, it was, it was, there was a lot of people. And like for the first like 25, 30 rows, it's like you can make out individuals, but the rest of it was like this peach and colorful blur, you know, and those kind of things, make. like when those opportunities and sometimes the best opportunities come unexpectedly like that, yeah. that one for you. And then, yeah. I mean, that's the time that separates the men from the boys. Like, okay, yeah. it's go time. It's go time. Figure it out. And it, <laughs> it, it really is like, 
with opportunities like that, it's really putting, I used to be like, oh no, putting yourself in the right place at the right time. I used to be that guy, right? Right. But I opened for Alan Jackson on his 30th anniversary at Cadillac Ranch in downtown Nashville. Wow. The only reason I got that slot was the lady that managed the music in there said, you've got to hear this kid. You've got to, he, he works so hard and this and that awesome. and got me into that slot for the day. And I, Alan Jackson is bar none, 100 million percent. My absolute inspiration in country music. There's yeah. a lot of them. Cause he's, he's the real deal. Yeah, for sure. When Here in the Real World came out, I was eight years old. Everybody was listening wow. to Michael Jackson and Boys <laughs> to Men and everything. And I'm sure. like, listen to this Alan Jackson song. And nobody knew what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. And, Who, Michael Jackson's brother? What? Yeah. You're, like, you know, you're listening to Michael Jackson? Well, listen to <laughs> Alan Jackson. And you're like, what is this yeah. white stuff you're doing? Like, I'm, right. I'm okay with that, right? Yeah. So uh, when I heard Here in the Real World, which was a his breakout massive i mean he had geraldo and all this other stuff right and sure. you know opening up for like uh what was that uh tnn nashville now he did a, a right. opening yeah. slot there but when i heard the fiddle kick off in that tune it changed my entire life yeah. i don't know why and he doesn't to this day know that that's what happened hmm. but i don't know why but when i heard that i said that's what I want to be right there. Yeah. That is, I, I want to be everything. This is only, I want to be me doing it, but I, how can you not just, it, it, it took this kid who was like, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a, to being a freaking country music singer. Yeah. You know? The thing about, I mean, Alan Jackson, and again, like he's another guy that, that um, I did production with at the MGM. That we, oh, okay. I mean, the, we used to do the Billboard Awards, all these kind of things, and, and you nice. meet these people. And um, yes, I mean, some of them were nice, some of them were not not nice. Doesn't matter. Um, but <laughs> guys like that, guys like Garth, like the first of all, the country guys tended to be always nice. Right. Um, but the thing about Alan and and like again, George Strait, these guys, like they're the real deal. There's no smoke and mirrors when you go see a George George Strait or George Strait concert. Sorry, oh, um, he's just standing there singing. And it, there's no bullshit. There's no, there's no like, like bombs going off and smoke bombs and lasers. It's like, it's him. They, they don't call him the king of country music because he has to go out on a stage and dance. The king exactly. walks out on the stage. He stands there thing. and you're going to listen to him for 90 minutes. Right. And every, and you, I mean, it, literally it's 90 minutes of hits. <laughs> like one, one after another, after it's another. Like, it's like uh, so many hits, so little time. Uh, yeah. I think Prince said that at a concert I was at. I went to a Prince concert and I was like, because that dude, I'm telling you, my influences aren't just country music, okay? Yeah. I am a huge Aerosmith head. I love ACDC. I have a very, very eclectic kind for a country guy. I have a very, my, uh, like, uh, a bread. Who listens to bread? Okay. Like, oh, I love, I, you know what? And I actually, because I used to play with Gary Puckett and like, oh my God, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and I, and, and I, I love, oh uh, yeah, yeah, David Gates and Brad, like all those bands, oh like because the thing, the thing is, like those guys are hollow notes, you know. I mean, like, yeah, those guys could freaking do it, and they weren't only great singers; they were great performers, they were great songwriters, songwriters, yeah. And that 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 transcends just one style of music. Like, there's plenty sure. of country country people that are artists that are that also love those bands, right? Yeah, like before we got on our call, I was on my, I was driving down uh, Highway 90. And mm-hmm. 
I, I mean, I had Aha play, yeah. and then I, you know, and then I had Mister Mister play, and I, yep. I, I'm such an '80s head for that. I think yeah. the '80s is where we really started discovering where technology meets musical notes. And, and I think too that that '80s era actually, <sighs> in a way, it helped. And also, guys like Mutt Lang, right, who was producing straight up Shania '80s. Twain. And then, yeah, I mean, like yeah. that ushered in the the huge country thing that happened in the '90s. It was sort of yeah. a precursor because a lot of those guys moved into country music after mm-hmm. after having all those hits. Yeah, yeah, and and with with Mud, it was kind of like a crazy like he he's such a good businessman. Okay, so right. people who don't want to give Mutt props, I mean, he got he got a a, a platinum record with <laughs> basically an investment. Okay, and yeah. If you read his story, and he'll tell you flat out, you know, we 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 knew how to get her heard, you know, right. and 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 he also, I mean, my understanding too is when they recorded that that really big breakout record with her, he actually made those guys rehearse. It wasn't oh, the standard. It wasn't this typical no. Nashville story where they just no. walk in and do the session with the numbers charts. Like he made yeah. them actually work out the arrangements. They the spent parts. time getting. Yeah. And that's where I really took. You know, I'm an art of the deal kind of guy. I wanted to know right. when it comes to business, I didn't want the nine hours of, of crap jargon that you don't really need to know. I wanted to cut straight to the point. Mutt Lang is a straight to the point story mm. that everybody should everybody should look at and yeah. and try. And if you're independent, that model, if you can get somebody to do it with you, it works every every time yeah and and his story um obviously it transcends just country music it's just about the business in general i mean Mm -hmm. just and smart decision making i think yeah and being clean you know the days of being a heroin addict and it's a romantic thing right are just not there anymore the world has changed and you've got to kind of evolve with that and I, I'm the kind of guy that I just, I'm, I'm like water. You throw me in a glass and I just, I, I try as best as I can to adapt to a situation. I opened for Mark Slaughter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and Mark's so, great. Yeah. So, he yeah, so yeah. Can you imagine? And he said, he, Mark Slaughter literally said this because he, he didn't know what was going to happen. Their opener was going, I was just in the right place at the right time. But sure. Mark Slaughter is heavy. Okay. Compared to. Yeah, what sure. I do on a stage. I had 80s hairband people. That's who follows Mark Slaughter. Okay. Right. Yeah. Line dancing to Dwight Yoakam. Okay. <laughs> like, like literally it happened. Yeah. And- Cause you know what? I mean, and also too, like you told you talk about Dwight Yoakam, like he's, I mean, people think of him as a country star, but he actually is almost roots rock i mean really if you listen to oh, what he so does he's more punk i think than yeah almost yeah really, exactly like punk right on the edge of punk yeah you know? and and that's where i think he found his voice as he took that bakersfield sound and said yeah. okay you know uh uh let's let's throw a little something different in this and see what you know i want you to want me okay of course that's that's more of a poppy jumpy you yeah. know kind of kind of feel to a song but he put it in country and it like worked and everybody's like wow but if you listen to dwight's early stuff you know and you listen to like a thousand miles from nowhere and yep. and uh, uh of course i mean there's this steamroll hits i mean everybody knows those but yeah uh, if you listen to some of this like uh i sang dixie as he died you know mm-hmm. what i mean or, or or stuff like that you're gonna hear real dwight 
Yeah. And you're going right. to, you're going to hear like Johnny Cash in there. You're going to hear yeah. Wayland. You're going to hear. And a fun know. fact about Dwight Yoakam is Johnny Cash is on record saying Dwight Yoakam was his favorite country singer. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Amazing. I could see, I could see that. I could see I it. could totally see it because yeah. Johnny was like, he's the era. Johnny invented rap music. Okay. Like he invented yeah. this punk style of stuff that, yeah. That the eighties saw a huge and large. He, he was so punk. Trendy, he was punk before you know? punk existed. <laughs> yeah, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody took that. Like even Green Day, you can hear it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can hear it in some of their stuff. What I think is really amazing is that 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 era and even our era now, you're finding artists that just they speak across. They're so legendary. They speak across time, and you'll. Yeah you'll find people putting little bits of something or other in there. You know, like I took for ghostwriters in the sky. I'm like, I want the video for that. It's going to be fantastic. By the way, I'm going to give you a little insight. Yeah. Cause you also, um, and just to kind of, um, talk about that a little bit, you actually also have a a production company, video production, right? Yeah. So I own, I mean, I, I own the whole shebang when it comes to any type of video or audio production, because it was a very important thing for me to, as an independent artist, to be able to have, yeah, not have, to pay a, not have to pay a director $10,000. Right. Yeah, well, real. and then they want to change your vision and this and that. Come out yeah. you if you're going to be you, yada, yada, right? Yeah. So um, with Ghostwriters in the Sky, uh, I wanted to, t- I took a little piece of every time that's been recorded from 1947, 1948, oh, okay. all the way up to the last punk band that, that I can't remember. It was, uh, uh, they did it for uh, that Nicholas cage movie that uh the ghost ghost rider they did it oh, okay. for that so i took awesome. a little something from every one of those and mixed myself in and johnny cash in and and burl ives in and i took a little something from every one of those recordings awesome and awesome. decided okay i want to mix myself into that obviously not lose me but the video for that is going to be amazing we are going to bring to life uh marty robbins johnny cash yeah. we are going to bring all these people to life in that story and it's going to show how that song evolved over time from the time I cut it to the time that uh, uh, Stan Jones and the Death Valley Rangers did it. And what I think is going to be amazing is that they're going to be in this kind of like abandoned kind of casino ballroom thing where all of a sudden we start playing this tune and these ghosts are like they start showing up, do, yeah, doing doing this kind of like ballroom dance thing. It's gonna be this really yeah, really cool production. Yeah. And uh, for me, that was kind of like I, I grew up listening to that tune, and I always said, "Huh, I wonder if one day if I record that, what what would I want it to sound like?" You know. And then all of a sudden, we started playing it live, and then we started yeah, just trying to kind of working out your own thing. Yeah. Yeah, so it was kind of a neat, kind of a neat thing to put that together. Another song off that record that I really, really dig is that uh, that Junior and Waylon one. That right, is such yeah. a great line dancing song. Like we see people that just make up stuff to that, and I love it. Yeah, and you've been getting uh, good, really good response for that that song, right? Yeah, yeah. No, we 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 got to got to sell a bunch of those, like especially when they they first started going I got, I got a number one with that over in like denmark in like two weeks oh, or something wow like that. crazy yeah yeah so it went europe just ate it up and that's yeah actually and that's an interesting story because i go to finland and i go to london a lot um mm-hmm. i'm in europe quite a bit and they there's a real big love actually we talk about roots country and that kind of thing there is a huge love for that in those countries denmark norway sweden yeah for sure and they you know and, and they love the 
the like rootsy stuff. They're so Americana yeah. over there. Yeah, they love rock, rockabilly, and obviously yeah. Elvis, all that. Yeah. Marty M- Marty Stewart is like it, he is a god over there. Like it's yeah. it's amazing that what was speaking to us in the 90s is turning these people like upside down on you know what i mean right. so we were thinking oh sweet let's go do a europe tour and then covid yeah i know all, that's a, all of our stuff all of our stuff got canceled <laughs> in like a week you know i know but you know like, but i mean I like, the the other thing i mean that's probably the reason why i started the podcast is because i'm like you know i'm gonna just reinvent my what i'm doing um yeah i always i've always tried to stay busy but like you can sit here and be depressed and you can be bummed out or you can just say you know what screw it i'm gonna figure out another avenue i, I mean i get to try get to talk to people like you that are out there actually doing it and have a lot mm-hmm. of great advice yeah. uh, for, uh, for other players i get to shine the light on some folks that other people may not know yeah. Um, which is which is also really fun. Um, what what's the um, so obviously you have the record out um, that's that's been rolling. What's mm-hmm. the immediate future you're doing the video? What's what's the coming me- up for you? The immediate future is that I said for the first because that is technically my first entire record. Okay, uh, everything else before you yeah before singles. you were doing them more right yeah yeah so just trying to get some traction on something you know and. So the next thing to do is to get uh, the production and crew together and every song on that record is getting a video awesome. Uh, so that I can really, really push the visual of those. And you might like it, you might not, but here's the thing. I like it. Yeah. I want to listen to it. So it's <laughs> like, if you, the more you come up with that attitude where you're like, well, I recorded that record because I, I didn't think anybody would buy it. I I didn't think no, I thought not one single copy was going to get sold. And I recorded it because it's something I wanted to hear. And Mm -hmm. I think that that to me is like the key to not being disappointed. If you don't sell a million copies of something, it doesn't matter. What matters is, is like for me, the, the, if I could change, it doesn't even matter over, over the course of time. Sometimes somewhere, look at Mississippi John Hurt, okay? They yeah. didn't hear his record until he was 81 driving cattle, okay? So, right, exactly, yeah. But it turned somebody on. It changed the world in the blues world. Think of it that way. Think of it as a, if I can reach across kind of the the time gap and maybe yeah. change one person's mind about whatever they're trying to do or whatever it is the issue they're having if that if something that i said or something that they heard took their mind off that that to me is mission accomplished it's never been and the bottom line is if you're an artist you're going to create no matter what you're still going to create if nobody pays you it's it's not i mean people get so focused on the money which i i understand we've all got to make a living Mm -hmm. but if you only focus on the money you miss a lot of opportunities there's a lot of stuff that i've done gigs where there was a 50 dollar gig or i've even done some gigs where i just came in and subbed didn't think much of it and down the road i mean that's how i got the Cirque du Soleil gig I, right. I I came in as a sub and then I ended up getting that's a nine so year gig out. Like I'm not trying to cut you off, but that is so no, okay. huge. That is one of the best shows I've ever seen. Like I was no. such a Vegas head for so long. But the Cirque du Soleil thing, I was when when Tony told I think Tony mentioned something about that. I was like, that is so wild. That is such a huge production. I well, and what's it. what's funny about that for me, like my story. I mean, actually, I'm actually the first American bass player they ever hired. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> and and I came in as a sub. It's, it's there's a long funny story with the casting process. That's a whole other mm-hmm. deal. But um, but the thing is, like, yeah, I came in as a sub, and then I ended up staying. And uh, and it was like I was playing with Gary Puckett, 
before that <laughs> i was doing right, a young yeah. girl and, and i was like if i used to run into the base the base player who was like a conductor for for mistare and he's like yeah. hey I need, I need to train an assistant conductor but i don't want to play bass why don't you come in for a week and i'm like okay well, that wasn't let's on my it. radar yeah <laughs> so, yeah let's do it I, mean, I would not it doesn't even matter if it, it's like it's like freaking virgin you know say yes just yeah, exactly. yes, figure it out. Figure yep. it out when you get figure it out. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, okay, well, let's go for it. You do um, not turn that gig down. It's one of those things. No. It's like if somebody comes to you with something like that, I don't care if you know three notes on the bass. You better know fifty by the time. You yeah, <laughs> but but you, you know, know the thing is, I think I think part of that deal is too is is first of all being open to learning, being open to try different things, mm -hmm. um, as a person, as a musician, because we always have to reinvent ourselves. Um, yes. and I have you know I have good friends that um way back when I actually got called to audition for Sammy Kershaw many years ago. And I was like, I'm not a country player, but I'll come down and do it. You know, and it was, right. and it was just, and even though I didn't end up ultimately getting the gig, it was just the experience was really fun. Sure. Just meeting all the Nashville guys and, and that kind of thing. Um, tell me, tell people how they can find you online. I know you got a bunch of different outlets. Yeah, on so YouTube I've got the, and... the troybullock.com. Okay. Uh, and then I've got uh, Facebook, obviously Twitter, obviously, uh, yeah. and all the different, I've got a Spotify, you can check out some of the stuff there. The .com is a little more easy to find, you know, you just Yeah, go and you've got your, um, they can, they can preview your new record on the .com and they can actually even purchase it there if they want to. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can actually purchase the physical copy there, but, um, if you want to go to YouTube, you can just search my name, you know, Troy Bullock mm -hmm. country go round and you can see the production. That was my first, that was my directing debut. I, I, co-directed you know that. what that's a great video i i dug it i i know where you filmed it because yeah you do I, I mean that, yeah <laughs> which yeah. is great yeah which and, is uh, uh yeah it's um nelson's landing which is yeah, actually yeah. i mean i mean even beyonce and all these there's such a cool place if, if people that come so, to that people that come to vegas you should go yeah go check out nelson's landing it's pretty yeah, yeah it's so cool and like we had to make that little area that is nelson's landing look like a whole dream world like it had yeah. to look like we had to do you know, 50 to 60 different types of cuts sure. and uh, working with Jeff, he was like, if you go to his, this big, I think it's big picture studios.com. He's got it okay. up there. And, yeah. It's, uh, it's a world-class. I mean, your, your videos, it's world-class looks great. Tells thank you story. so much. Yeah. And like I said, that was a recurring dream where I was like, okay, I, I, this is a weird thing. Like, I'm t okay. So imagine doing this, imagine trying to explain to a bunch of Hollywood people that you had this dream and you want to film it. <laughs> yeah. And so they're like, yeah, sure. Give me a million dollars. I'll film it. <laughs> I could, dude, I could have literally like, you could not find a rag big enough to wipe the look off of Jeff's <laughs> face. When I said, I said, okay, so here, here's the scoop. Okay. So I've got to be in this bed and then I got to walk past myself. And he's like, why <laughs> like, yeah. i was like well that's what happens <laughs> were you drinking was there a lot of tequila involved in the story yeah right no, like, like we're just send somebody for coffee and let's talk about this you know sure. so i started i started telling him about what i wanted the video to be like because he, he he pictured a mine and this and that. i'm like that's so mm. that's too i want it to be about saving america i want it to right. be about the little girl in that story is America. Okay. I'm going to yeah. just give you a little backline to it. And that little girl with the little, the little flags. Okay. Is America. And the people I'm pulling out of these mines, you see they're from different types of, of jobs. Okay, you get the businessman, right. the carpenter, the, the heavy equipment operator, all these types of jobs that we don't think about that America cannot do 
without. Yeah, okay? where they talk about the essential jobs. Yeah, those the, are essentials. the essential yeah, jobs. These, yeah, right. These guys, when what I felt like was, you know, there was you see this woman that's trying to beat this little girl, you know, trying to catch her and and trying to do this and that to her. You know, it's like it's like there are powers that be out there that want it destroyed. And and it, it as, as don't matter what. And I'm not going to delve into politics. I don't do that with people. Right, but right. Sure. A lot of people. You know, there's an inner yeah. circle you talked about, but. To me, it's like we all live in this place. We all need to find that 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 place of love and unity and yeah. figure our stuff out. And that is what that video was supposed to be, is that we're supposed to, she's crying out. You know, she's trying to show you something. She's leading me through this ghost town, trying sure. to get me to these people to pull them out of this. Because it's like we have, we are a group of people that live together. We're family and we're not going to always get along. There have been times me and my brother have smashed each other's faces in. Okay. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I can relate to that. (laughs) But we're still brothers. Yeah, there's a bigger, there's a bigger picture. Right. There's a bigger picture. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much. Troy for uh, for joining me. I know um, I, I think your story is really interesting. And when I was talking to Tony, our, our friend, about you, I, and I was doing some research, I'm like, man, it's it's really cool. And I I always admire people that pull themselves up and make their own thing happen. Um, yeah. And that's sort of the essence of what of what we do as artists as as creators, right? Is you have to you have to find the energy and dust yourself off and get back yeah. up and keep and it's about away. it's about helping one another and. Yeah. And find your group of people, find those, that group of yeah, people that you just, tribe, with. Yeah. you know, and Tony Silva, I'm going to tell you right now, I have, I have worked and I'm not going to drivel on here, but I have worked with a lot of people in my career and different musicians. And I'm telling yeah. you that guy is just, he instantly became like a brother to me. He's like an older brother yeah. to me, you know, and he'll tell, he's the kind of guy, he, he has no reservations. He will, he will flat out tell me. You yeah. know, Troy, Troy, this, this will probably suck if he, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got the, he's got a kind of got a New Yorker thing going on. He does. And I love, but he's, the, I he's love the real, he's the real deal. And he's a hell of a singer on his own. Oh own. God. And I told him, you know, he came up for my wife's birthday and we did the limo thing and did that. We ended up going to a really small dive bar and doing karaoke uh, and he, he just whips out New York state of mind. I'm telling you, it was like butter and his beautiful wife maddie and they love their yeah. dogs they got like three dogs and they rescue them it's such a great guy man and i'm glad yeah. he introduced me to you because now it's like now me and you can like i can like get your number and we can like text each other and yeah, yeah. we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to get together stuff, and you know? jam yeah jam some time would be fun <laughs> oh please yeah like uh what i'm gonna come down i have to have i got a wee little bit of a thing going on with mm-hmm. uh, i think a note or maybe something uh, just to, oh, okay a little something. So I got to come down and do a little laser surgery, but I would like yeah. to meet up when I, you're in Vegas, right? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Okay. And, and I'm definitely, yeah, we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to do lunch. Oh, please. <laughs> Let's do lunch. I like yeah, it. exactly. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, Matt, yeah, so, thanks so much. Thanks so much for joining me. Um, and people that are watching this, we're going to put uh, Troy's uh, links in the uh, description. So your website, YouTube, all I, that stuff. I appreciate. You don't know what that means to me. I appreciate that. Yeah, so absolutely. Much. And 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 um, with these uh, these podcasts go out on our global music pages, which is Music Crowns, uh, based in right. Guitar Love. Um, those are great outlets. There's seven million followers on those pages. Nice. Um, Very and, cool. and, and well, course, hello everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, and also we um we, yeah we're uh, the podcast that is on uh, Apple Podcasts. 
podcast, uh, Spotify podcast, um, Podbean, nice. and Google. It's like a lot to remember. It is. It's <laughs> but, a ton. Uh, yeah. I'm guessing yeah. you'll probably just pop me a couple links so I can find it. Really oh, easy, yes. Absolutely. absolutely. So thank, thank you so much for joining us. And um, uh, I definitely, uh, everybody, please uh, check out Troy Bullock and, and you're going to really enjoy the record. So please check thank it out. Thank you so much for having me. And I really, really appreciate it. It's been a great, great thing. And I wish awesome. you the best of luck with all of your new endeavors and everything that you have going on. This really is going to be top notch, buddy. I really dig it. Thank you, Troy. I appreciate it. You bet. Have a good night. You too, man. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us and please consider subscribing to our podcast and follow us on our social media pages for guest announcements. 